I think it is so important to reinforce that it's okay just to take baby steps and the fact that you're changing something will be seen by someone else and through leading by example more people will come on board and it just has that flow on effect of uh, bringing everyone together um, towards that same mission. Hello and welcome to The Mindful Isle, the podcast where we have conversations with doers, makers and thinkers from all corners of Tasmania, talking all things slow living, ethical business, sustainability and fostering community connection. I'm your host, Daisy Baker. Do you want to live a more low waste life, but you're not quite sure where to start? Or maybe you've started down that road and you want to up your game. Either way, today's guest has some easy tips you can implement in your day-to-day life. Entrepreneur and Sestomia creator Bronwyn Kidd started out hand-making beeswax wraps to sell at markets throughout the state. She quickly found there was a big demand for sustainable but funky products. Four years on, the team has grown and Sestomia now has an online store, stocking reusable household products which help cut down on waste and also have health benefits. In this episode, we discuss the evolution of her Hobart-based business and some practical ways you can have a positive impact on the planet today. Here's Bronwyn. Hello and welcome, Bronwyn. Thank you so much for joining me on the Mindful Hour today. Hi, Daisy. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. A couple of quick questions to kick us off. First one, how would you describe Tassie living in one sentence? One sentence best pretty much <laughs> uh yeah I love Tassie living because we're small enough to have awesome connections between people and we're big enough to have opportunities absolutely couldn't agree more and what are some of your favorite things to do to I guess tune out and have some mindful moments to yourself I do a lot of things. It's something I've been thinking a fair bit about lately. Um, To have time to myself, I love getting outdoors. Um, I've got a few spots that I'll drive to and just park the car, you know, take a takeaway coffee cup, go get a coffee, go for a walk or even go for a run and then um, sit down and do a bit of meditation. Um, And yeah, I love getting outdoors, just going out with friends. and yeah, I've really got into meditation in the last two years or so, and that's definitely been a great experience. Um, also cooking as well. I love food and um, spending time in the kitchen with friends. And yeah, I think there's very special moments like that. It's just simple stuff, isn't it? That makes you feel good. That's it. Yeah, it's stuff. Um, I realised nothing that I said there really costs money. Um, that was not intentional. But um, yeah, it's just the very simple things with people that you care about that um, I really value. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's turn to your upbringing now. What was it like growing up? Did you grow up in a, I guess, sustainable focused family? In a way, yes. Um, I had parents who divorced quite early on, but even both of them, uh, as I was growing up, still uh, held those values of living quite low waste. I'm not sure if it was totally because 
they had to be frugal due to finances or um, if it was really, you know, due to values. I think one of them definitely was um, a sustainability value driven uh, way of life. Um, so at mum's house, we always had, you know, homemade cakes and we always had, um, we were always very conscious of plastic waste and she didn't believe in glad wrap and single use things. And, you know, I'd be going to school with um, homemade cakes and um, things that are wrapped up in plastic bags from five weeks ago, you know, that should wash and reused and also hankies. And um, yes, yeah, so that was at the time a little bit embarrassing at school, but looking back, it was a really great um, set of values to be brought up with. And we always had things like a vegetable garden and we always cooked a lot ourselves at home. And yeah, I'm very grateful for my upbringing actually, even though it was tough at times, um, you know, with house renovations and um, things like that. It's, yeah, it's definitely taught me a lot about uh, where I am today as well. And I've read that, I guess the seed for Sistomi was planted one Christmas around the family table. Take us back to that day. What what happened? So, yeah, we were sitting around a friend's dinner table at Christmas and my sister got gifted a Beesax wrap and I saw the product and I was like, wow, what is that? This is something that's reusable, it replaces plastic. It actually helps keep your food fresh as well because um, it's got the beeswax in it and it's antimicrobial and it looks awesome. You know, she got this beautiful design on her beeswax wrap and it just got my brain ticking straight away. Um, and in the years leading up to that day, I'd uh, just been traveling for a long time, a couple of years and lived overseas and just seen different ways of doing things. And um so I was quite open to new ideas and new solutions for everyday problems. And I was ready to start something, you know, I just come back from traveling and I didn't have a job and I just wanted to get into something. And the BSAX wraps were just literally fell into my lap. And so I went home and taught myself how to make them. And, um, you know, there weren't any YouTube videos explaining how to make wraps at that time. So I put in a massive investment of $20 and um, lots of hours and worked out a recipe that worked and um, yeah, and started selling them from there. So I guess that's how the actual business got started, but definitely all the moments of my life leading up to that, that made me value you know, reusable and low waste and fresh food definitely led to that point and that was just the tipping point for the start of Sistomi. And were you keen to start a business from the start or, or were you more keen to just start implementing things in your own life? A bit of both. So I'd heard probably a couple of months beforehand, I can remember sitting on the porch and one of mum's friends came over and she told me about uh, this girl called Erin Rhodes who just uh, spent a year uh, over one year she'd only filled one mason jar with waste and that kind of opened my eyes to seeing how possible it was and also to sorry possible to go low waste and made me realize that we are actually producing a hell of a lot of waste it made me sit back and look at my own rubbish bin and uh, realize what was going in there 
and it did make me explore new ideas around how we can um, reduce our own waste. So it was definitely uh, both to improve my own lifestyle and then also to do meaningful work at the same time because I had just travelled and, you know, just waitressed and um, done quite menial jobs internationally and then came back and wanted to do something more meaningful um, and something that allowed me to spend my days the way I wanted to, but also gave back and contributed to the planet. While you were travelling, that was a bit of an eye-opener for you as to the massive amount of waste that's produced. Talk us through that. What was it that was so eye-opening about your experiences travelling? Yeah, look, I went to places like Southeast Asia and just seeing the rivers there and seeing how much waste is there and comparing that to Australia where we put our rubbish in the rubbish bin and then it goes out for street collection and then it gets taken away and we don't see it again and it doesn't really get talked about either it's very much out of sight out of mind here in Australia and going to some Southeast Asian countries like Vietnam and Thailand and walking around the city where they literally put their rubbish on the sidewalk and hope that it gets collected and it doesn't always get collected. It quite often gets washed away or going to the rivers and there's rivers that you really don't want to be walking past when it's, you know, above 30 degrees in the day and it's humid and it's just not a nice environment. Um, so that was kind of my first real awakening in terms of how much waste we're producing and um, the problem that we do have that's kind of swept under the carpet in Australia, definitely and in other developed countries as well. Yeah, and then just on the health side of things as well, I started thinking about um, what I was putting in my body and how I can you know, optimise my energy and just moving towards a more wholesome diet and waste-free way of living just really um, boosted me in that aspect of life as well. Yeah, there's lots of reasons that I got into it for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different benefits I guess of going low waste and low tox where does the name Sestomi come from good question so uh, I think I was talking before about my values um, and when I was thinking of a name I thought about what I want the brand to represent and how it ties in with my own beliefs and my own values. Basically, I took a piece of paper and a pen and I brain dumped in about 90 seconds everything that I, or every word that came to my head when I thought about um, my business and my lifestyle and you know, sustainability. And two of the words that popped out were sustainable and home um, because I believe in moving towards a lifestyle that can be more sustainable in a way that it's a lifestyle that can be sustained that isn't detrimental and is hopefully regenerative to the earth and then you know we spend so much time at home um i don't know what the exact percentage is but i can probably uh estimate that we spend probably more than half our lives at home and i want to create a cozy home where you enjoy being and uh how yeah have it hook into a more sustainable lifestyle as well so that's where the name comes from it's the combination of the words sustainable and home there you go very interesting yeah um, so it's kind of i'm creating a a lifestyle around it so 
we say in here that we're systoming when we're trying to uh, reduce our waste and make a more sustainable way of life as well. I love that. Four years on, you've relocated to Hobart and now you've got a team of seven young women. At what point did you realise that the business was really taking off and you were going to need some more hands on deck? Well, unfortunately, we did have seven, but thanks to COVID, we've cut down a little bit. Um, We've now got four or five awesome women. Um, But it was probably, I think it was about 18 months in, I moved from Launceston and down to Hobart. And that's when I think beeswax wraps really took off. And, um, you know, the demand increased. I had to bring on a little team to put with production um, so I started off making them all myself at home and it was just not sustainable so yeah brought on a team to do the production side of things and help out in the areas that I wasn't so confident or didn't have the knowledge in um, so yeah brought on some help in marketing and a few other areas and now I've got an awesome team who can almost uh, be self-sufficient when I'm gone uh, which is awesome and yeah I just love my team we have such a good time here and over the years your product range has expanded as well and you now stock like a whole range of things for all throughout the house things for on the go how did you sort of decide what products you would do after beeswax wraps yeah we have expanded a lot um the range has grown When I first started, I set some uh, pillars, brand pillars, so to keep aligned with our mission um, of helping people go low waste and replace single-use plastics in their homes. Uh, I set the pillars and they're based around products having to be reusable or they need to be fully biodegradable or they'll be around for decades, essentially. So we've got things like our silicon products, which are quite hard to recycle, I will admit. It's possible, it's very hard in Australia, Um, but the idea is that you you have the product for your life. Um, They shouldn't break, they shouldn't uh, degrade in any way and they'll um, stay usable for decades. Um, Replacing a heap of plastic, if you think you use it a couple of times a week over its lifespan, even just 10 years, that's a lot of plastic saved. Um, So every product we've brought out has to be in line with those pillars. And we've also grown just due to what customers want. You know, people are are asking for more sustainable products and more alternatives. And since we started with the beeswax wraps, it's gone down the the food uh, direction, I guess. And, you know, people do want to send their kids to school with more sustainable lunchboxes, which is fantastic. Um, And we get a lot of people talking about the nude food movement and, um, it's almost like a competition for some mums, I think, like who can get the, the most waste-free lunchbox at times. So it really is driven by consumer demand. And I know that's true of other businesses, especially around Hobart as well. Like just since the plastic bag ban um, in 2013, there's definitely been uh, more consumers speaking up and asking for alternatives. And thankfully some businesses are listening and making a switch so, yeah, it just goes to show that asking can really make a difference. Yeah, and I think that that's probably, I guess, the biggest, not trap, but thing that the mindset that people fall into, they go, oh, I'm just one person, I can't really make much of a difference. 
what would you say to someone who wants to embark on a more low waste life, but they're feeling a bit overwhelmed and they're not really sure where to start? Mm, It is very overwhelming and I get people saying that a lot. And I like to let people know that it's not all going to happen at once. And it's also impossible to be perfect in that way. Um, When I set out, we used to always talk about going zero waste and then it became very clear that that goal was just too overwhelming and people started to feel guilty with their lifestyle and, you know, just using a piece of plastic or, you know, needing to buy an emergency snack when you go out and, you know, something happens and you can't go home and make something. Like, people will feel so guilty. And I started to see it impact negatively on people's mental health. So I think it is so important to... Um, reinforce that it's okay just to take baby steps and the fact that you're changing something will be seen by someone else and through leading by example more people will come on board and it just has that flow-on effect of uh, bringing everyone together towards that same mission yeah I think it's just really important to take it slow basically yeah that's right and it doesn't have to be a go hard or go home kind of thing Mm, that's it that's it make small changes at a time yeah and it's also really important to remember how the larger economy works um it's what you know we're not going to have the same quality of life if we completely cut out all single-use plastics um think uh in the medical industry and other industries that rely on single-use things but for that in that sense, it's um, positive for our health and our well-being. So, and there's so much more if you look into the economics of it and see how cutting out one thing impacts the rest of people and the rest of the entities along the line. So, yeah, I don't think it's the one solution um, to solving the world's problems. It's just one small part that we all need to do a small piece in. Um, what are your top five favourite low waste alternatives that you use in your home oh um first of all i like to look at um food waste and where i go shopping so produce bags are a big one and glass jars um to take to the bulk food shop or even to take to the supermarket and go to the deli and ask for things in um, my own packaging that i bring so i think That's definitely the biggest waste saver is just, you know, old jars, um, produce bags, the Systemi produce bags, um, and those old shopping bags that we've all been trained to keep in our cars just about. And then I've definitely got a lot of containers in the kitchen and obviously don't use any glad wrap or single-use bags. So the silicon food pouches are a lifesaver there. You know, they're great for packing in the freezer, uh, keeping things in the fridge and I definitely have a couple on rotation constantly and the next thing would be a compost bin which I've just moved into an apartment with no backyard so that proves to be a bit of a challenge and I'm still trying to work around that one but I think having a compost bin has reduced the food wastage significantly I think 30% of all household food in Australia goes to waste you think about it that's a lot of money a lot of 
effort that's gone into growing and making that food and then we just disrespect it um, because we can't plan our lives or you know we were too greedy our um, eyes were too big for our stomach when we're at the supermarket and we don't end up eating the food so that has been a huge uh, waste saver for me personally is to just be more mindful of how I'm purchasing using up my food and then disposing of it and having a compost bin um, is much better than just throwing it into the rubbish bin because it can't break down uh, the way nature intended it to at the tip it'll break down without oxygen so it breaks down anaerobically which produces all sorts of nasties nasty gases and things uh, so they'd be my top things that I use at home definitely I love the compost tip too because you can then if you're growing your own veggies at home or a little herb garden or something you can then use your compost again that's it and yeah so I obviously don't have a garden but um I'll give it to friends it's just in a you know a couple I've got a couple of white buckets on rotation and when one gets full then you just set it aside and wait till it um degrades biodegrades and then I'll give it to a friend who's got a garden or pop it on my houseplants if they need some topping up or you know have a go at growing some herbs as well inside which can work what's next versus stony Good question. Um, I need to ask myself that a little bit more at the moment, I think. Um, after COVID hit, um, yeah, I've definitely had to think about that question um, because a lot of the stores that we sold to or sell to um, shut temporarily. So it was definitely um, on the balls of my feet uh, working around that issue. So it's, at the moment, it's about bringing out more um, products and more education as well. So we'll start teaching more people about uh, low waste living and we've got things like the Life Freshly Sorted podcast to do that and our social media channels. And we're also focusing more on um, doing custom beeswax wraps. So I've developed a system where we are able to pump out um, people's own designs onto wraps which is really exciting so we're able to offer um, waste-free sustainable eco-friendly gifting um, especially for corporates and events um, where people you know usually give away uh, like a single-use plastic toy like um, I don't know, a measuring tape or maybe it's a pen that you're never going to use so um, yeah we're going to be providing more of that uh, and more healthy gifting and sustainable gifting to people across Australia. So I'm very excited about that. That's an awesome idea. Like, I don't know how many of those strange little stress balls I've ended up with, <laughs> like a bazillion <laughs> pens from those like free handouts. Yeah. And those horrible bags that are made out of plastic. And, yeah. That um, you're never going yeah. to use. Mm, that's it. And last question for you, Broman. What's your hope for Tasmania going forwards? I hope that Tassie uh, keeps or holds on to the beautiful stuff that we already have. But um, I hope that Tassie opens up more space for innovation and uh, more opportunities for people to not necessarily start businesses, but start new initiatives that are going to support our future um, and the environment, but also ones that foster connections between people. Because I think it's so important to have mentors 
and those people to look up to. And yeah, I think creating more connections in the community is an awesome way to do that. Cause I would not have done what I've done now if I didn't have an awesome network around me and you know, hadn't gone to events and met people who've done it before and just been inspired by the people around me. So I would love to see yeah, more space through innovation, sorry, more space for innovation uh, through creating more connections and access to mentors. I think it would help immensely. Yeah, absolutely. I think supportive community plays such a big role in people mm. being able to come up with great ideas and see them through. That's it. And the seeing it through is the important bit because you can have all the ideas in the world, but um, if you don't know how to put it to life, then you know, it's nothing. It's a dead end. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Bronwyn. It's been a real pleasure to chat to you on the Mindful Hour today. Well, thanks so much, Daisy. It was great to chat to you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Mindful Isle. Bronwyn was so interesting to interview and I hope that you've come away with some really practical tips that you can integrate into your daily life. I'll be back in your ears next Wednesday with another conversation about conscious living in Tasmania. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Spotify or hit subscribe on Apple Music. I'd love to know your thoughts and see where you're listening. So take a screenshot and share on Instagram and be sure to tag at the Mindful Isle.